Um, I cannot answer the question where God may lead you. But I can say that everybody has a God-given role in fulfilling the Great Commission so that all might hear and follow him. Fulfilling the Great Commission is about doing it today and not waiting till someday or once I graduate, once I get married, um, once I get a good job. It's about living it out today and being intentional in the way you invest your time, your resources, your life. And then I also have a verse in Matthew 9 that kind of tells us how we can be a part. And Cassidy was talking about it a little bit earlier, too. So it says in Matthew 9, verses 37 through 38, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching them in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. He's not talking about potatoes or or corn. He's talking about people. And there's people that are waiting. They're ready to hear the good news. And there's so much that we could talk about in the passage there, but I want to focus on the last part. And there's three things. The first two are kind of direct, and the third one is implied. The first thing is, what is it? What does Jesus tell them to do? To make disciples. Or in the last part, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. He says, ask for workers. We can pray that God would raise up people to go out and tell others about him. God asks us to pray for more workers. The other part is send. Okay, In Romans 10, verses 14 through 15, it says, How can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how will they preach unless they are sent? One way that we can send is we can prepare workers. We can invest in them and train them. And another practical way is by giving our finances. That's a practical way. And the last part is not really directly there, but the, la- the third thing is go. Okay? God may have you be the answer to your own prayer. Does that make sense? For example, you may be praying for somebody, your neighbor that doesn't know about Jesus, your roommate, your classmate, but you may be the answer, and you may be the one that God wants to t- to use you to tell them. Or you may be praying for your local food bank, okay, for the people that don't have enough to eat. But God, you may be the answer to your prayer, and God may have you give to the food bank. Okay? Finding, and I'm going to talk a little bit about my story. Finding in where I fit into the Great Commission was a process of me saying yes to one thing at a time. Even today in my life, it is deciding to obey him each and every day, to live in obedience. I didn't always think that I'd be a missionary. I came here at Central with the idea that I would be an elementary school teacher. I love children, okay? Um, 
My idea of a missionary was somebody who was one step closer to God than me. Um, I grew up in a little church, and we never had missionaries come. So my idea was that they were holy, that they were perfect, and they traveled the world and told others about Jesus. So they'd end up with an extra jewel in their crown. Okay? Somebody like that, I wasn't worthy. And besides that, I was so shy and awkward in high school and growing up, like awkwardly shy. I despise public speaking. Um, in high school, I was the kid. I grew up going to church as a little girl. And so I, in high school, I was part of the Bible club, and I was asked to be in charge of the prayer meetings. That just meant, hey, guys, it's time for prayer. Let's pray. And we'd go around and we'd pray. And then I'd be like, all right, see you next week. I could do that. But part of leadership was that each one of us had to take um, a week to lead the main Bible study. And I was like, uh-uh, I'm out of here. And I never went back to that Bible club in high school. And I avoided the leader for the rest of the year till she graduated. I mean, I was shy. Okay? And if you're going to quit Bible club and avoid the leader, don't do what I did. Not suggested. It definitely has been a journey for me. But anytime you want to live big for God, it is going to be a journey and it began saying yes in the little things. When I graduated from high school and came here to Central, me saying yes to the little things began with me being faithful in daily prayer and in my daily Bible reading, my time with God. The more that I got to know God and the more time I spent in his presence, the more I learned of who my identity was in him. It's a lot easier also to share with others and step out of your comfort zone when you've been spending time with Jesus. As a little girl, I always loved Jesus, but here at Central, my time in college, I fell in love with Jesus. I also began to learn that our faith is meant to be lived out in community and we are to help each other grow, and also that we should tell others and invite them into this community. Why wouldn't we? Serving Jesus is pretty cool, right? I was also given opportunities to share my faith. Um, how many of you have heard of Spring Break Outreaches, SBO? How many of you have gone on one? So the Bible says we should go out and tell others about Jesus. So through SBO and different opportunities, I was given the opportunity to do this. It was hard and incredibly shy. I remember when I went as a freshman, um, it was a big deal for me to go up and ask somebody, and it was a different campus. They'd never see me again. Can I pray for you? Would you like to write your prayer request on a piece of paper? And that's really cool to do, but it was so hard for me. Um, and I was the one that would be like, all right, you talk, and I'll be the prayer person. <laughs> you know, have you done evangelism before? One prays and the other one leads? Yep, I was always the prayer. But the more that I did that, it got easier and easier. It was about saying yes in this small thing. And then I also got to go to Mexico um, between sophomore and junior year. If you get the opportunity to go on a missions trip, do it. Um, but through this, God just really opened my eyes to that he was moving around the world. And it was a big deal for me to get on an airplane. I had never really traveled. 
Um, I also went to the World Mission Summit as a student. How many of you have gone or um, there? Um, I went my junior year, way back. Um, but there I heard and uh, heard from missionaries, got to sit with them and hear what God was doing all around the world. And my heart broke for those who had never even heard the name of Jesus. And during one of the re- during the response time, they did a call for all the students that were willing to give a year and pray about a lifetime. And I just knew in my heart that that's what I had to do. And I felt the Holy Spirit pushing me. I'll be honest that I sat back and I counted the cost because um, I knew that it would be a sacrifice for me. I was still really shy at this point, too. I hesitated a little bit sitting there. I can remember. I was there with my head down. And they were singing, Ask and I'll give the nations to you. Um, I understood that it would be a sacrifice of laying down my own desires and plans for my life, even if it was just for one year. And I had a lot of fears and insecurities, but my biggest one was, what would my family think? They would just not get it. But I was obedient, and I went up front and signed that commitment card. So a couple of years went on. I graduated, and I applied um, to go through a Sell Music God World Missions to give a year. And um, I didn't really feel a specific leading or for a different country, for a specific country, but I felt called to children and um, children's ministry, whether it be teaching English or working with churches or in children's homes. So the opportunity came for me to go to the Dominican Republic, and the missionary called me, and I said, sure, let me pray about that. And so I took about a month, and I really prayed. Um, I had one other opportunity to go somewhere else, but I felt like this was an open door for me to go, and it would be a good fit. So I got ready to go. It took me two years. Um, Raising funds to go can be really humbling, but um, I was able to work and pay off all of my debt at the same time, so it was a big blessing. So I went to the Dominican for 11 months the first time, and I loved it. Um, You'll have to come Wednesday or Thursday to CORE. to hear more about what life is like in the Dominican. But I was part, I lived in a house with Bible school students that were studying to be ministers with a focus on missions. So I was there teaching them English, and so I split my time there. I split my time between them and volunteering at a children's home. And I taught English there, but I think they taught me more Spanish than they learned English. But And even the last couple of months there, I was able to partner with my home church in a big um, emphasis that they were doing in planting a church. So I would meet with, we would split it up, but I had 50 kids that I would teach English to, where I'd go three times a week. Um, In the first eight months there, I struggled with truly connecting with the people because I knew at the end of my year, I would have to say goodbye. I don't know. Does that make sense? You know you're leaving, so you don't get involved or too attached. So I created a personal wall to not allow myself to to not get attached to them. I had said yes to giving a year at this point, but I had never really done that last part. Give a year and pray about a lifetime. 
Um, so it was actually after we had taken a, I had been part of a missions team from the Dominican with nationals going to Haiti, which is just on the same island. And um, I was just sitting there praying and reflecting on the week, and I heard God just say to me, um, I'm not done with you here yet. Come back. Like, get, go home and get ready to come back. And so I went home at the end of that year and got ready to go back, and I went back. And so when I went back, I continued to learn the culture and, and Spanish um, God opened the doors for me to serve him in new ways and in leadership as well. I began training churches in children's ministry, giving workshops, and helping my mentor missionary coordinate missions teams that would come from the States. And so I got way more involved in ministry outside of the children's home. I still continue to teach some English to the future mis- missionaries. Um, God deepened my passion to see children come to know him and God used children for the kingdom of God, and also to see Dominicans sent out as missionaries. The time eventually came this last year, um, about June, July, that I had to make a decision whether or not I would continue as a missionary. My mentor missionary was leaving the field, and I'm a missionary associate, so I serve under missionaries, but she was leaving And up to this point, I was only saying, all right, God, here's one year. Here's two years. And I'm a person that takes commitment very seriously. What if God would lead me somewhere else? And now I'm a career missionary. Um, I understood all of the hard work and commitment and sacrifice it takes to become a career missionary. Someone that says, I'm going to do this for life. Um, What if I fail or I don't have what it takes? Was I going to move forward, or would I come back here to Washington State um, and just do ministry here? Um, In July, in one of our last outreaches of the summer, I was asked to lead the teaching time and response time at the end of one of our outreaches, like you saw in the video. And there might be a picture. Yeah. And so I was actually, like, during this outreach as well, Well, I'm praying with the kids, and I just feel in my spirit God saying, you're right where I want you, and so keep going. Um, So I continue, I, I chose to continue to trust in God that day. Every day, God wants us to trust and obey him. God continues to transform me and teach me how to lead others. Right now, I am learning how to rely on him and realize in my weakness that he truly is strong. I don't like speaking in front of people, but here I am, and it's God that gives me my confidence. My confidence is not in myself. How many of you heard the song, Jesus loves me? This I'm not going to sing any more of it. <laughs> but there is so much truth in that simple song, Jesus loves me. This I know, because the more that I am compelled and convinced that God loves me, the more I am compelled to die to myself daily so that others can know Jesus and that they can know the same true joy and freedom and that they too can go to heaven. The fear of what others think or letting them down by not living up to their their dreams for my life 
it doesn't seem as important. As I have said yes to the little things, the bigger things do not seem so big anymore. It becomes, it becomes about bringing glory to God, and it's not about me. Over time, these little yeses get easier, and you become, begin saying yes to the bigger yeses. Today, I can walk up to a complete stranger in Spanish and begin a conversation and pray with them. And God has helped my family accept this as well. Let's see how. And um, just this last week, I heard my grandma talking on the phone to somebody, I don't know, a cousin or her brother. And it was about me. Grandmas are good about that, right? Um, I was in the other room, and I heard her say, I wish that Amanda would do something else, but I'm proud of her. I can see that she's doing a good work. Everybody's journey is different to discover their God-given purpose. God God may speak and guide you in different ways. For me, I often hear his voice in worship and while I'm praying, and God uses the Bible to speak to us too. But your journey begins with saying yes. One of my favorite quotes is, here's a The place that God calls you is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. And it's an author. I'm not sure who he is. (laughs) I haven't read his book, but I love that quote. And um, I just want to leave you with three points to walk away with um, that I read in a book. I'm taking Bible classes online, and these are three truths that one of my classes talked about. The first one is, God knows where we fit best. And we don't need to fear the call of God on our lives. In Ephesians 1, 4, it says that he chose us before the creation of the world. And he gives us, um, he makes us all different, okay? What makes you happy? What are you passionate about? What is your deep gladness And what makes you say, this is why God created me? Number two is that God equips those whom he calls. In Acts 1.8, it talks about Jesus giving the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is available to us today. And this is the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead that lives inside of us. And I don't remember... There's a place that said that Jesus tells the disciples, what I have been doing, you will do even greater. And Jesus went around healing sick. In addition, he gives us the specific skills and gifts we need to do the ministry to which he has called us. We're all part of a body, but he gives us each different talents and ways to serve. And number three is that God places those whom he calls. Just like the Holy Spirit led Paul to Macedonia in Acts 16, verses 6 through 12. You should go read it. We can trust him to lead us to the place of ministry he has prepared for us. And God can also use other people to open doors. But remember that your call must come from God. So in summary... God calls us all to participate in the Great Commission, 
The harvest is ready, and God is asking for workers, and we can do our part by praying, by giving, and by going. And remember these three key truths to the call of God. He knows where you fit best, he equips you, and he places you. How do we know he is calling us? The answer is yes, he calls you. How do you figure out your God-giving calling? Figure out what you're passionate about and what makes you tick as a human being. Take time to develop your giftings. Be faithful in serving God where you are at. Be faithful in prayer, in worship, in reading your Bible. When God speaks, be obedient and move forward in faith. Remember, he is with you, and he who began a good work in you will see it to completion. And I have just a few questions that I want to leave you with, if you want to write them down. The first one is, how am I doing following Jesus today and being obedient in the small things? The next one, are we good? Is there anything in my life from saying I am all in or any areas in my life that I need to let go and trust God with? Oh, I switched it. That one up there. The next one is what my God what are my God given passions and giftings and how can they fit into the mission of God? And what can I do today to be part of the Great Commission? And so I'm just going to pray till the worship team comes up. Heavenly Father, we just thank you um, that you love us and that you've chosen us to be your sons and daughters, Lord, and that um, we are called to be part of your great plan, your great mission of seeing all peoples come to know you, Lord. And I just ask that you would continue to lead us and guide us, help us to be faithful in the small things and help us to put our confidence in you and not in our ourselves lord and um, help us to hear your voice and be attentive to where you would take us and what you would have us be doing and when you give us opportunities lord god help us to say yes and um, to continue to be a light 
um, in a world that needs you so much, Lord, and um, continue to transform us and mold us, Lord God. And we just give you the praise and the glory. And thank you that you don't give up on us, Lord. And um, we just love you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.